0: Hi, welcome to Makeup is the Foundation. This is your host, Erica Carr. Today's episode features a wonderful artist who hails from New York City. Her name is Rachel Estabrook, and she has done everything. At such a young age, she has got the fortitude to push forward and fight her way to the top. She has a very interesting job. Although she's done all parts of the industry, she excels right now at one in particular. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Hi Erica, how are you? Oh, thank you. You know what? Rachel is one of the busiest makeup artists I know. If you guys don't know, check her out on Instagram. It's Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L. Estabrook, E-S-T-A-B-R-O-O-K. It's the same on Facebook and Twitter and everybody else, or everywhere else. And um, she is a makeup artist that is from or uh, working right now in New York City. And I want you to kind of talk about your career because we're, we're going to get into other things later, but you have done just about everything. But right now, what is your specialty?
1: Yes, in short, I mean, I've gotten to dabble a lot in the industry in different arenas and areas, um, but I predominantly work in Broadway. Um, So I work on different shows, either as in hair, uh, believe it or not, or in makeup to the makeup heavy shows. But when the work calls, it calls and we we jump in.
0: (laughs) I know a lot of people are, you know, especially in New York, it's kind of like, a requirement that you know, hair and makeup styling, not in so much cut and color, but yes. Um, you know, how important do you think that is for people to know both sets of skills?
1: I think in anything, in any line of work or life, the more skill sets you have, the more doors kind of open for you. So in that being, I mean, I had to learn a lot of hair skills just to open my theater doors period to gain a resume in order to even get to my makeup shows, um, working on Lion King, Kinky Boots, um, And different Aladdin, you know, to to be the ones that are my makeup ones that are heavy, but I needed to also a lot of those tracks, just because of how Broadway is run, you need to have the again, the hair skills. So I think it's very important. I think it just broadens your horizons and keeps the doors open for you um, in areas that maybe you didn't think and you might find new loves that you didn't even know you had. So I, I enjoy it thoroughly both.
0: I think it's really interesting because a lot of people, you know, if they're in New York, they're working fashion, they're working television totally. and film. And yeah. I haven't really met a lot of people that are working on Broadway and not just, yeah. you know, plays that are in other boroughs or other parts of the city, but totally. you're in major, major, you know, Tony uh, nominated and, and winning plays. So yeah. how did you get started in Broadway?
1: Um, A lot of the I give a lot of my accreditation to uh, the Makeup Forever Academy because they were, when I was in schooling way back when in 2012, they brought in a lot of guest teachers. Um, So we were lucky enough to meet some people in the theater world. Uh, Jared Janis um, and Dave Bova were a lot of the two main heads that really helped just jump start me right into theater. Um, And they just kind of like, just segued me in, taught me things that I really didn't know. Again, the hair, because it's a lot of wigs. It's wigs are. 10 times more important than makeup, unless it's like a Wicked, where if Alphaba's not green, you know, it kind of loses a lot of the plot. So in certain shows that are so makeup heavy, it's super important. Um, But yeah, they just taught me my skill sets. I jumped in there. I was working a ton, a ton of off-Broadway, really low level um, budget-wise, and the hours are pretty insane. We all know, even just at the pinnacle, of of theater, Broadway is not your biggest money maker, but the people involved in theater love it, and that's the thing that keeps me coming back. Is might not you know pay for every little thing, but the passion, the determination between everyone on the teams to make something so beautiful at the end of the day is really inspiring to me. And it doesn't matter on what level. I think just that group of people, people that are in the the theater, is just something special. So it just keeps me coming back, um, no matter if it's hair or makeup. And it's been a really exciting journey just to build my resume from off Broadway to come to Broadway shows. And it really is just when people take a chance, I think it's the same thing in fashion or commercial. It's like that one person that said, Hey, come cover me for the day. Or, Hey, jump in. And you just get that one gig. They like you, you connect and it just keeps the ball rolling. Similar to that. You know, you build your resume, but you get that one door, that one offer for the interview, that one, Hey, we need somebody to swing. Um, and then you just roll in that way. And luckily, if it, if it keeps going for you, it just keeps rolling. <laughs> and for people
0: that are on the newer side or maybe have never experienced working on a Broadway play, would sure. you equate it to uh, similar to a film where you have to have these, you know, pre-meetings and you have to have continuity, you know, mm-hmm. boards? And I mean, how would you kind of go about your process about, you know, OK, you've you got a gig. Now, are you going in where things are already
1: established and you're just replicating or do you have any say or creative input? Um, as far as the swing goes, it is it is different for sure, I think, from TV and film and just commercial in general. I think it's its own beast um, because the designers, uh, they set it up for you. So it's almost like coming into an already built show um, that they've laid it out for you saying that this is what it is. We need you to do this in this particular order, in this certain way, with these colors, with this brush every night and i think because again it's live and it's something that's happening eight times a week that these actors are doing we're so trained to accommodate for them to get really routine because they get so stuck in their ways which is good because it just helps to do like a well um well oiled machine backstage to have you know where every cue is going to be where everything is going to happen and at literal distinct times and everything's the same and then when something goes off kilter we're prepared enough and and the schedules and the breakdown of the run of show is so like distinct that you know if something goes off you know how to fix it you know your time like oh i five minutes this wig fell off i have i can fix it now i can pin it in i can go and grab this lip that i forgot to put in my apron where i do a quick change to add and change the lip to the main actress you know you kind of you know figure your your highs and lows of the show and what you can do but from start to finish if you're coming into even a new show the designers are the ones that lay it out for you and you just follow suit um, the people that are actually running the show, the supervisors and the running crew, they'll set up the tracks. It's always broken down into different tracks depending on how many um, actual physical people are on the show. It might be two, might be three, might be four, might be six. Um, and so then, when swings come in, whomever they're replacing, they'll follow that person in their particular track, which is set up with very intense notes <laughs> that you have three days to learn. Your first day, you watch. Your second day, your hands in. The third day. You're really doing it yourself, and unless you're about to make a major mess up uh, on a live show, the the major per- the main person will step in and help you. But you really, I mean, it's a quick turnaround. You have three days to get your stuff together, and then just they they throw you into the wolf, so you got to figure it out from there. <laughs> now, how <laughs> Which is exciting! Often- but if you have
0: like an understudy that has to come in because maybe the main character or whatever, how, I mean, do you get a chance to practice that same look? So they kind of like flow really seamlessly or do you just have to kind of make it work in the moment?
1: Um, It's a little bit of both to be honest, because with somebody, we recently um, I'm currently on a show, be more chill. And we had this happen where an actor mid show rolled his ankle. So this understudy had to, come hop in not from jump like start to finish where he's like okay I know how I start this he had to come in like mid choreography of like a certain scene where we're like oh okay we have to get him in this wig we have to run upstairs grab these particular things it's a lot of quick 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 brain power but again because things are so repetitious in theater we know you just treat that understudy as if he is that person's role so now they step into exactly what that person had been doing we treat them the exact same his wardrobe might differ maybe it's a different wig but it's all in the same scene it's all in the same sequence so you just kind of replace the canvas or your you know your your talent with somebody else but everything stays the same for the sake of just making it easy when something does happen mid-show like that um And just for the actors who are understudying these, these, these main talents to look at them and go, okay, if I follow them and track them in their notes, same thing, how we do as swings for makeup and hair, they have to know to a T, where's he changing? Where does he exit? Where does he come on? Where does this quick change happen? So they're, they're able to step in at any time's notice. That's their job. I give it up for the swings of Broadway and any show, just because they have to know so many tracks in their head at once and could be thrown in at any time. So it impressive. seems
0: really stressful, but yes, yes.
1: definitely give them props for being able to jump in like that without Absolutely. even blinking. Yeah, it's wild. <laughs> I don't
0: know how to do it. Now, um, beyond Broadway, I know that you work in other capacities as well. And I yeah. wanted to um, to bring up the topic that we came here to, really to discuss, which Absolutely. is, you know, when you're getting hired for these gigs, mm-hmm. um, what I, I think you're, and you're with, um, the. are you with Harder, Kyle Harder's agency? I
1: am. Yes. Yep. I'm one of our artists. Yep.
0: So when you're, when your you know, book or your portfolio is being shopped around, mm-hmm. I know people look at, you know, who you've done in the past and, mm-hmm. and the things you're working on now, but what other things are people looking at right now? And what do you think it's important for like the, say the millennial group that's kind of coming up now? What do you think is important for them to be aware of if they want to work at the same capacity as you?
1: Sure. Uh, Well, it's different because, again, I'm only, I'm 26 years old, so my come up is different than maybe even a 20-year-old now. The times have changed so drastically um, and so quickly uh, with everything due to social media. So the flip of just what has now been pushed as far as, like you're saying, what are are companies, what are brands, what are artists and other just... even celebrities or people that you're going to work with, what are they looking for? And I think a lot of that, though, I might not agree with it in certain avenues and ways around it would be your following. Um, And it's really hard. There's so many influencers or people that have five, 10,000, 20, they're verified on Instagram. And, and that's a really big selling point, Um, sad, but true kind of deal where it's, it's awesome that it's now created a whole new, what I see line of work for makeup artists or a way to come up versus how I was learned when I was in 2012 going to school it's like I just looked at it like college well I'm gonna go gain an education I'm gonna go get certified in some sort of manner I'm gonna get the skill set to touch a million different faces of all shapes colors you know um skin types and I'm gonna be able to be equipped to be thrown into this industry and figure it out and go from there and have my creative you know juices flow and I'll I'll Pound the pavement, build my resume. Like we had mentioned, you build your book intensely and diversely enough that you're offering yourself up to different brands that you want to, and you hope that gets seen. You're assisting. That was always huge when I was coming up. Assist, 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 you know, so you can learn from other artists, figure out the path you want to go on. And it's hard where now I'll see different artists that are of a younger generation, kind of still in my millennial age, but younger coming up and and they might just go and make YouTube videos and be bomb at it and, you know, learn how to do their own face in a phenomenal way. And they're able to showcase products and gain a following that is just so Beyond this world of what I'm still not super social media savvy, even though I have to be, it's a weird double standard. You kind of have to be in order to get brands to notice you um, or even certain, not even just brands as even cosmetic, just brands period. So that would want to work with you um, or hire you on. That's going to, again, you're now you're now something to them that's important that they need. If you have a good following or if you have people backing what you're saying, try this product, use this, do it in the way that I use it, you're now a total asset to another company. So you're going to get hired on. But if I don't have that, even if my skill set is on a level that I can perform what they're asking, I do believe that you kind of get dubbed. You kind of go one step below because I don't have the 5K or above on my Instagram, which is sad. And I've heard it even from an actor's standpoint, (laughs) you know, that they'll walk into an audition same thing. Oh, well, how many it's just irrelevant questions that I feel like the art and the value of what you can give just as a pure artist is getting a little a little lost. I think the industry is a little saturated with how many people are influencers or YouTubers and everyone and their mother is somebody to be mentioned where it's it's hard. It didn't used to be that way. And it's hard to kind of find your place and stand out and do what you need to do and still create a career versus the following so yeah i
0: think that what a lot of people don't know is even if you have that you know 5 10 20 30k sure what they're really looking for but they're not telling you is engagement they're asking yes. for you to not only have the following, but are you getting comments? Are you getting right. reposts? Are you getting the likes? Mm-hmm. Um, that is what really matters because even if you have under 5K, but you're getting a ton of Consistent. engagement, which, you know, yeah. yeah, I happen to see that with one, a friend of mine's uh, mm-hmm. sister. She does her own makeup at, she's in high school. Mm-hmm. She only has about. 900 followers, but every post
1: yeah, getting three,
0: four, 500 likes and
1: engagement. And it's consistent. Yeah. Yes.
0: For sure. And it's consistent. So that would be considered a, an influencer because she's influencing her audience in a major way when you look at the statistics. And these for are things sure. that I think people aren't even considering. So I, it's, it's yeah. important for you guys to know that it's not just about the followers, but it's about the engagement. And now when you are getting asked about your your followers, do you think that that is Um, I mean have you ever gotten a job or not gotten a job because of that
1: you know what weirdly no I just have so many different friends um, and colleagues and artists alike that have or becomes weirdly into the mix via the job or a part of just a mention it hasn't luckily knock on wood hasn't affected any sort of job that I've had to either be hired or not hired for I just don't know if that's due to my line of work and that, you know, Broadway and or commercial agents aren't really looking to see if that they don't care. You know, they just need to know I can do a a beautiful beauty or I know how to do the backstage of Broadway. But um, so it becomes irrelevant at that point. But I think with more, uh, I guess with more like celebrity based or red carpet kind of deals or different things that maybe that would play into it more. I haven't personally experienced it yet. I've just heard it so much where as a person that it's daunting of like, Oh, well, Geez, I'm not even that savvy at social media, nor if I choose not to be, am I going to be faulted for it later down the line? Um, In my eyes, I feel like in any age of social media, like you're saying, there's just always going to be an algorithm or something that's being sought after for a brand and that you can be a face or an ambassador to some sort of company. That you're going to offer something that maybe another artist can't, whether it be your personality, maybe it is your actual skill set and how you physically do the makeup that, you know, stands above somebody else in that moment and what they're looking for. And that's great. I just hope um, it doesn't always fall back on. Again, just your social media presence and how that's affecting things or not, because I know personally, there are weeks that I want to post a ton and there are weeks that I don't, but the consistency is key. And so I think it adds a new level of pressure and stress also to younger artists that I hope that they can fight through just because it's, it sucks where you're trying to build your portfolio, you're trying to build this career. And all the while, if you're not this super social person, what if you don't even like media? I have so many friends that are, they don't even have it. That then they're like, great. And then they're just kind of dropped down in the tier of something that now seems more needed versus just a fun social choice. Yeah, I think there's,
0: you know, there's the level of artists that started way back in the day that um, either has embraced social media and they've got a rapid following, um, you know, instantly and they can post whenever and they'll always have a following. There are people that are like, no, I've already established, I'm not going anywhere. Right, they don't need it. (laughs) You know, Yeah, the people who need to know me, know me and that's all I need. And then there's this whole new generation who, I mean, it's obsession. It's really obsession right now. I, you know, I don't mind posting. I think it's a whole nother job. I mean, if I'm working 40, 50 or 60 hours a week on a project and, and then I have to sit for hours on my free time and post and I feel like. Ah, do I have to post like yeah I have to post and then you start kind of having anxiety over it I'm like oh exactly and that's my
1: (laughs) totally and that's my point you're just kind of like oh there's so many and this is my 20 year old mind speaking where I'm like you know everything is is questionable in my 20s where I'm like am I making the right choice is it good enough is this good is that good you already have these baseline anxieties are kind of set up for you I feel like in that age range (laughs) where you're going through it yes, from personal experience, you know, the levels of stress and anxiety have totally heightened for me at different levels where my naiveness and kind of my, my youth, when I came into this industry, I was open eyes all the time and it was like pile driving through things. And I was lucky I had that, but I went about it in many ways that now looking at, I'm like, Oh, I question more things now. I, which is good. I slow down a bit to offer. What am I doing? How am I putting myself out there? But it is, there's these added stresses. I would just love for it to get to a place where, we're not adding more stress into an already rigorous career um, that people are getting into when they're a makeup artist. You know, there's so many things you already have to kind of attain um, when you're when you're getting into this as a freelancer alone. Yes. and now we're gonna add in more pressures where this socially might not even be your thing. I just I love even what certain other artists that I really. Look at their careers and even just them as a human being. I think that's really important. Look at the artists you value. Look at them and how they're living their lives and what they're putting out there. And they're the ones that stay really authentic through the ups and downs of what honestly could be a social trend. Who knows if Instagram is going to be at its height for how many more years or it will drop or a new form of media will come in. And that's the most important thing to gain a fall. Fo- Who knows? So I think the best and wisest way to go about it is with all these moving trends via you know media or not is to just stay so authentic to you and try to really keep that in the forefront of your brain. Is that create and do the things and work for the brands and all that that stays authentic to you. Don't do it for the money because you're going to get paid X amount to say that this is your favorite exfoliator and that this and then the next week you're telling me that this is your favorite lip balm. Like it just fit the brands that are wholeheartedly important and true to you and that you use and would value and putting on to somebody else. Versus just getting saturated with everyone else that you're, I'm going to get a paycheck or it looks good. And it just gains that following. I just hope there's more moral backing behind what people are doing. Yes. That's what
0: I I love. I love what you're saying about moral backing, because when I'm just kind of like thinking about, there are people that post their work because they're proud of it and they don't care if they're going to follow. There are that that post because they were part of a team and they're proud of that and they want to show that off. Then there's also, people that tend to kind of gravitate towards the more negative aspect of did you read this or did you see that or did you right. hear that did you listen to the tea this morning let's talk about it because they want to have that controversial
1: reaction
0: yeah. and they they then they get known as that person that's going to stir the pot or that's going to be right speaking negatively or something like that and I, I try and tell people all the time especially I mean you're very mature for your age but people that are young uh. If you decide to repost something, if you decide to complain or gripe or, uh, oh yeah, on social media, and even if you delete it, someone's got a screenshot of it. Someone's going to remind you of that in the memory. And that can actually be detrimental to getting you hired. And even if you're like, well, I don't even care
1: about that. I'm just going to do what I want to do. Yeah. There's a little bit of, there's a total entitlement that comes with this (laughs) generation and it's hard to shake. And like, again, the ways I agree with you, if you're proud, you worked hard, you worked a 16 plus hour day on set and you're ready to post that backstage photo of what you did and you know write a long beautiful post that's it I don't want to shame anyone that does any form of I'm totally for freedom of all the things do and express yourself in any way you feel I agree though with the moral backing just put it from a place that's genuine and positive there's so much negativity out there and for you to be successful and happy you don't got to take down somebody else in the meanwhile also when we go back to the entitlement part if you don't align yourself with the brand you don't like somebody's makeup that they did it's wild the comments you will read on another established makeup artist site and I'm reading the comments like "Mm, that's a little messy and it's from a woman that is or a male or whomever that is commenting that they don't even have the experience of the years they might even understand or know the weight of the artist that they're writing on but they have every opinion in the world to now state on this person's post and in a negative way it's almost the same old saying if you don't have anything nice to say don't say it at all and so now people (laughs) on all these other artist posts And brands are like, oh, that's not good. Oh, this is crap. Oh, her blending's off. Oh, that I could have been better. It's so much judgment versus praise. And so I get shy off of social media just because of that. Not even just for the, if somebody's going to send something about my work, just because the general swiping through and you kind of look at all this work that looks a certain type of way. And if you're doesn't look that way, you start getting judgy versus less feeling like I'm just going to throw my art out there and let it be what it is. There's, I'm sure that little fear in the people, the back of people's heads, like, oh, is that really good enough even when it is we now have a certain standard of it does that look clean enough Is everything precise you know now we're layering things with filters just to look like a certain aesthetic that is deemed beautiful or perfect or what's in trend so it's hard it's hard and i have to constantly tell myself all the time with certain artists that i look up to just to still even when i'm staying authentic just be true to what my art is and even if my art doesn't look like this person's art doesn't mean it's bad art that's just my style or that's how I do something or maybe I don't contour my client to the gods but that works for me you know it doesn't have to be a certain beat if you will because people always say a certain type of beat that works. <laughs> and I sound like an old lady. I sound like a literal old lady. I'm like, what the kids say as I'm like, young. what the kids know. are saying. speaking <laughs> She's wild, but I'm trying to like get with it, but it's so hard where I'm like, God, I don't, I don't like to do my makeup that way for clients. I don't want to cake them down. I don't want to layer them with 5 million products. There's so many things, but it, when it's needed, it's needed. That's all, you know, what's at hand for the job, but it is hard. I feel like across the board, social media has created an aesthetic and a level of I don't even know the word for that, just certain levels that people are now feeling anxiety to meet, and how we even have to post and in the ways we have to post how our stories have to be the time in which we post, everything is just losing its organicness. And that's just a little sad to me that we yeah, it used to be fun, and it's not as fun anymore. Yeah, the fun the
0: fun was there. And I think that Instagram yeah. and, and social media especially just started a benchmark that I think people that are now wanting to get in the industry, that's all that they're looking at. And what I want to talk about yep. a little with you is um, going back to the beginning so Mm -hmm. of course you know if you're just starting out and and you're only using social media as your inspiration or if this is all that you know you really have to go back to see like how did this all start how did makeup artistry become a profession who are the original people because their skill set their techniques the books that they've written uh, the models that they've done are are all are the reason that you're getting the influence that you're getting today because had they not been there you would not be looking at this makeup on Instagram so if you're not looking up way bandy and sandy linter and and people like that you know you're really missing the point point. and you were talking about how um you did a program and, and alex box of course who i work with all the time
1: um, yes adore.
0: really like like you were saying like one of the ogs and they they yeah. do she does it a very particular way so what about you know her style and others that have really been out there for a long time really help shape the way you're doing your looks now
1: yeah, no, totally. I think that's the the best advice is to look at with any career you step into. I feel like you look at who who started this, who, who was the pioneers, who are the people that are basically created and carved out the way that we do makeup. Where are they from? What did they do? How did they start it? How did they know the colors, the shapes, the tools to now shape exactly what I'm doing? And I agree that I look back, it's the Alex Box, it's the Phyllis Cohen. Like she was one of the ones that actually recently popped up to me on Instagram, which god you know god bless social media and don't because now you can reach into different people's lives and their archives and different things and see things that we may not have accessibility back to i know when i started out i was reading kevin aquan's books like i was in theater (laughs) reading like reading a physical book on how to like teach myself how to do certain things when i was in theater in high school so you're looking at these art books or these makeup artists that are renowned and so huge pat mcgrath like big, big guys, Val Garland, like all these people that have done things in their careers that have shaped it for us. I think it's so important. Like any project, any career go back research their careers look at their techniques that they're offering that then you should then practice because it's only going to do so much to look and stare at a youtube video or instagram story or quick little you know those fast fast videos that everything's sped up and it looks easy as cake and then you go to try it and you're (laughs) like well that's shit you can't do it it's so you really gotta (laughs) put it into practice and get out there and test and try it. Try it on yourself. That's fine. I'm not a big fan of doing it on myself. I just feel like it's the same canvas every day. And that doesn't do it for me because that's not what my reality is. That's not whom the people are in my chair. So it only gives me so, so far um, as to be helpful. But yeah, look at there. It's, it's wild to see the techniques and things that were like, oh, a dripping lip. That's so innovative. That has been done for years and eons before us and it's actually more interesting to look back to who were the first people to try that out on set who were the very first people to be like hey guys this is gonna be freaking weird go with me on this but let's try this whole method or let's do this new crazy exaggerated eye look or color that was innovative to be new and never used before in a certain combination or texture that's where you're going to streamline a lot of new stuff I think when you're inventing and you're creating and what's going to help people look and start to kind of find their niche what makes their hand different already than what does the fact that you have a whole different you're an individual but look back to that and art the biggest thing that Alex box is that woman goes out in the na- nature 24 seven, and is getting yes. inspiration from museums <laughs> and art and texture on the street like she's not staring at Pinterest. And in Instagram, I'm, I'm buying on Instagram just to say where you can find at least the creativity within it. Use social media as a, a smart engine versus what looking at all the copycats of the world and the same image over and over when you're scrolling and it gets embedded in your head. That's the part that I think people don't realize is anything you're subjecting yourself to on a daily basis, whether it be Instagram, whether it be music, it doesn't matter. It's affecting you. So subconsciously or not. So you have to be so aware and put yourself in positions of places to be more creative and to stretch your creativity and push it out of your comfort zone rather than knowing, Oh, this job asked for a smoky eye. Let me Google smoky eye. Like, no, go, go look at something else. Find a texture, maybe within smoke, physical smoke. That's going to help you gain the image of how soft you want that blur on your smoky eye to be like, it just, if you push it farther, if you push yourself to step out and find color, you know, inspiration texture inspiration any sort of things outside of just your your basic tools of instagram facebook pinterest whichever i I think it's going to just broaden everyone's creativity period and will help you create more i know even recently i've been finding weirdly so much inspiration off of nail art it's been making my mind understand shapes and how to curate a really cool graphic like liner look just off of an eye I'm, i'm sorry just off of the nail so it's because nail art's huge right now. I mean, it has been for a minute. I don't know like, if you know that phone. I'm
0: obsessed with nail Are you? art. Oh, yes. No! Every two weeks. There's a wonderful place here in Portland called Finger Bang. It's a great oh, name. I'm, and okay. I go every <laughs> two weeks, and I and I get something. And I let the artist there yes. um, do whatever they want to do. I give them a texture and a color or a, or a sequence of something, oh, and I, I just kind of wait. And I'm actually going to be interviewing the owner of the salon because it's such a great place to be inspired for me yeah. as an artist going, how
1: did they – Get yes. that so precise on such a small surface. Yes. Well, the thing is too, and its I think it's caught my eye because I've stared at a lot of micro beauty, which again, here's a new thing. These beautiful, which every art, I mean, it's a makeup artist stream. You want this close up divine image of your eye or the lip or a, sure, of course we do. So it's so beautiful, but it helps you kind of look at something now in a smaller, really like precise scale to get something so right. And yeah, I think it just, it brings me to the nail art and going, if they can do this on a small, small ass surface, how can I do this and transfer it in my medium to make it cool and individual and riff off of their art? But again, seek it. If I'm staring at somebody else's eye makeup and I'm trying to be individual off of that, it doesn't happen. I just, you slowly subconsciously start to do what you're looking at because it's on an eye, like you just slowly start to do what you're looking and staring at the same thing over and over and over again. So I think push if the younger artists can push their boundaries and realize that it's not just something silly, funny, stupid that people are saying to be cool and act different, like no, go do your research, go look at art forums, go to museums, look into textures, and it will help your brain understand it in your medium, how to create and continue to just diversify and make the industry different. You're such a wise old soul, Rachel. <laughs> I feel like an old lady. I feel so stupid.
0: <laughs> no. It's, you know, Ooh. I think that this is going to reach a lot of people that are kind of questioning, like, you know, I'm doing the same thing everyone else is doing. How can yeah. I stand out? Because that's the biggest thing. People say and ask me all the time, how do I stand out in my market? I, look, I work in a small town, so I might be a big yes. fish in a small pond. Or I might be in New York City or LA. And how can I stand out? Because I'm doing what everybody else is doing, and then I go – repeat that to yourself again you're doing what everyone else is doing well why would you stand out what's different about you and yeah. you you really stand out because there's not a lot of people that do what you do
1: right right
0: i and think that crazy. oh go ahead
1: oh no yeah and i agree i think it's crazy it is really such a small industry um within the broadway community but also all the while i mean i know people of course it's always a journey I look at makeup artistry in our career. It's always a journey because so much of our career attributes to the time and the years that you kind of have behind you. So always these young people, and I'm one of them, I have to remind myself, it's a journey. It doesn't happen. It does for a small few, just like it does in any arena. You know, those those young artists and or celebrities that get popped off at 12 years old, and then they get to run through life, and they're a child star, and they, they grow up, in their career is monumental but it's not that's not always the case you know you look at so many people whose careers pop off at 40 50 30 something it doesn't matter when it is instead of us we want that's what i'm saying with the generational thing they want it now they want it fast they want to be big they want to make money tons of money they want to work on you know the highest celebrity and to me those might be wants but you have to have the understanding to know that that is not an overnight process especially for us as makeup it is not in the rare case sure set yourself up for success in a way that you're creating a career versus an overnight success. So don't try to pile drive and a stress yourself out and, you know, do what you need to do. Take it, learn your, your creativity is going to evolve your technique. I know I'm for sure not the artist that I was in 2012. I could not be working on, um the certain clients and or with the brands and having the confidence on set that i do now versus when i was 20 starting out it just is impossible you are you're going to evolve as a person you're going to grow and mature get more into yourself understand yourself more which that all just flows into your art anyways we're all artists we all know it goes that way that's just what it is you know it's just part of the process you and how we feel on a day-to-day our energy everything transfers into what you're doing so i think take the time let your artistry and career be a huge focus. But I think if people really take more time to focus on themselves too, all the while in their growth, they're going to end up with a better product because they're going to feel better about themselves, more confident, more secure. So on the jobs, you, you're you presenting yourself better too. And you're taking the time to ease into something, do it really well. I think that's always a, a good thing. And I've learned this. I used to spread myself thin like crazy just to get the job, just to say yes, say yes, say yes, say yes. Say yes. Don't Don't ever you know, not be available. And I ran myself so thin to the point where I was like, is this even fun anymore? Do I want to be a makeup artist? Because if this is it, do I really want to be doing this? I had to refine the fun within being a makeup artist and learn that that is a huge part of what I'm doing, speaking solidly for myself at this moment, that, you know, that's, this is what I want to do, but I don't want to lose my health. I don't want to lose my well-being. I don't want to lose relationships over a career. That for me isn't a thing. So I think if people learn balance in what they're doing and don't freak out over their timelines over having to be the hottest, greatest, most successful makeup artist out there with the best images and the best following and the best Instagram. It just take your damn time, you know, finesse your portfolio, let it grow and go where it needs to go. All the while, of course, don't take it as like a lazy, like you have all the time in the world, but just pace yourself and don't stress and or get down on yourself when things aren't working overnight for you. Cause I don't think it's, it's, it won't be worth it in the end. If you just ran yourself dry to a point where now, now what do you have? Cool. You have the following cool. You have the jobs, you got the money, but now you don't have the energy. You don't have the mental space for anything else. And then it's at a loss.
0: This is the best advice I think that could be given at this very moment. And I just want to thank you so much for your wise words today and sharing your story and your, and your, you know, advice to either a newer generation or even a current generation. I think it's valid across all all avenues. So thank you so much, Rachel Esterbrook for joining me today. And I hope we can do a follow up because your Yay. career is just jumping off right now. And it's nice. so exciting to watch you. I'm so proud of you for what you're doing. And I just want to thank you so much. Thank you. I
1: can't thank you enough, Erica. And I really appreciate the opportunity and the platform. I'm so excited to listen to all the episodes from here on through. This is very exciting. So I hope everyone tunes in and realizes it's a really great platform that I agree is going to be useful for all ages, all types. And people in this industry it's just a needed thing now great conversations to start so I appreciate you thank you and thank you so much for everyone that have supported makeup is the foundation thus far join
0: me for my next episode where we talk about makeup hair wardrobe styling life and everything else have a good day I hope you enjoyed the podcast It's important for me to know that you're getting what you need in your career. So if there's someone you want me to interview or a topic that you want covered, make sure you leave me a voice message. Have a great day.